Hi, this is Donna Otto, and welcome, welcome, welcome to a new season of Modern Homemakers. I do miss being in the studio during the summer, but I don't miss uh, working and preparing without this wonderful break that we have taken for all the years that we have been a part of Modern Homemakers and Homemakers by Choice before that, a season of preparation and refreshment, and I'm going to tell you about that in the days ahead. I'm excited to start this 16th year of podcasting, and someone called me again a pioneer. And you know, with my increased aging, I'm not sure I like that word pioneer as much as I used to, but I am a pioneer in this. Uh, For those of you who are new to us, this happened because the staff said you should podcast. I said yes, and then said, what is podcasting? And of course, today, Everyone is podcasting, so thank you. Many of you tell me that you have been listening for all these years, or for many years, and we're so glad to hear that. Please invite your friends. Remember to subscribe if you have not subscribed. It helps our metrics, and then you are made aware of these shows as they come out and what their titles are. Every year, we end with the Summer Challenge. We've been doing that since the beginning of Modern Homemakers and Homemakers by Choice. The spring comes, and they're about to break school for summer, and I say, here's your Summer Challenge, women. And they go off, and when we come back, I say, how did you do with your Summer Challenge? So for those of you who are not here as we ended the spring season and took our summer break, the Summer Challenge was out of the parable of the seeds, also called the parable of the soil. And the theme was to enrich the soil of your soul. Enrich the soil of your soul. And so we talked all through those four different kinds of seeds and uh, what the gospel says, let anyone with ears to hear listen And I asked the question, what are you sowing? What does your soil look like? There was the road seed and the gravel seed and the weed seed and the rich soil seed. This is a marvelous parable because it encourages us, as God always does through story, story. The scripture says that Jesus was always telling a story. Can I tell you that sometimes my grandchildren roll their eyes because Nana is about to tell a story? And I want to remind them, although I don't, that Jesus was never without a story. Mark 4, verses 1 through 20, and Eugene Peterson says, He was never without a story when he spoke. When he was alone with his disciples, he went over everything, sorting out the tangles, and untying the knots. This is going to be a great season, and I have prepared much for us. The theme for the year is very tied to this ending summer challenge of anyone who has ears to hear, listen, 
We're going to be talking through listening for love and learning. Listening for love and learning. And so as we begin this new year and this new um, podcast, I want to encourage you to ask yourself, what kind of a learner are you? When you hear a parable, a story, an account, how does it affect you? How fruitful is your garden? And what can you be doing to enrich the soil of your soul? As we begin this year, I'm very um, committed to talking about things that increase my work as a disciple. I am a disciple, and you are a disciple. And the idea of discipleship is always one of learning the craft of whoever the discipler is. Well, that's what Jesus was doing in this parable. He was the discipler, and he was saying to his disciples, let anyone with ears hear, here's the story, here's the parable. So I wanted to remind you, and if you have worked on a theme this year, um, during this summer, I'd love to hear about it. My word was less, less. And a lot of people who know me and know me well know that less isn't my word, more is my word. How can we get more done in less time? That's the title of one of the books that I have written on organization, more. So it was quite a challenge to listen and find out what God was calling me to do with that less. And so I think what I can say is that the summer about less led me to retreats, a summer of retreats, large and small. For several decades, um, a couple of decades ago, I traveled the world, primarily America, leading retreats. There isn't a major city uh, or a small town in most states that I haven't been somewhere to lead a retreat, large and small. And Perhaps midway into that traveling and holding retreats, I came to decide that I liked small retreats better than big retreats. And so I would prefer accepting an invitation for 200 women than 5,000 women. But in every opening session, my welcoming remarks would include something that sounds like this. Retreating is a cessation of what you normally do for something you don't normally do. You want me to say that again? What is a retreat? I'm going on retreat. We've come to the ladies' retreat. What is a retreat? It's a cessation of what you normally do for something you don't normally do. Oh, I would suggest, suggest things like more quiet, less talk, little or no shopping, which was never possible, especially if we were in a conference center hotel area. My friend Adele Calhoun, author and very gentle woman, has written several books, all of which I recommend to you. But in her book, Invitations from God, she talks about God's invitations to us to rest, to weep, to wait, to remember, to forgive, and, and many more. We all get invitations, some we want, some we hope for, some we hope for and don't get, and some we get and have to make a choice about. 
Well, in the spring of this year, I heard God's invitation to retreat. Retreat, a cessation of what I normally do. I'm repeating it to myself and saying, so what does that retreat look like, Lord? And I sought counsel from those who were my disciplers, my counselors, my spiritual directors, and I said, what, what do you recommend? I had an idea. How do you feel about my idea? Well, the pandemic was just still on the threshold in the spring of the year, and it was just opening up a little bit, and I called several places about making a silent retreat, and to my wonderful um, amazement, one of the places that I'd wanted to go to said, yes, we've just opened the doors, and here's the date we have, and before I could say, I'll think about it, I was committed, hung up the phone and made a reservation, told my husband about it. My first retreat was 40 years ago when I went with 150 women. We did do some things that we normally didn't do, like sleep with each other. We didn't do any cooking, and we were glad for that. We listened to lectures, but we also ate too much, talked too much. And when I arrived home, my heart was full of friendship and more knowledge about the topic that was shared, but I was tired. I was tired. No, I think I was exhausted. I'm going to talk a little bit in a few weeks about that exhaustion and where it comes from. It was the first time that I decided it should not have been called a retreat, but rather a conference. And that is often just what I need, a conference. But to retreat is a cessation of daily life. And our daily life is full, busy, noisy, And the comment I hear the most from women is, I just want peace and quiet and a time to read and pray. I hear you and I join your desires. The psalmist in Psalm 46 says, Be still and know that I am God. I can still remember the first time I recognized that stillness is what allowed the knowing. Dallas Willard reminds us, If you don't come apart for a while, you will come apart after a while. No truer words spoken. And C.S. Lewis in the screw tape letters calls hell the kingdom of noise. And in Lewis's day, I think the loudest noises he might have encountered were a train whistle or a car horn or maybe a telephone that rang a few times a day. And I can hear your responses because I think of it myself. I know that this is a season in my life where I don't have small children. My marriage is not new and being tested. And I only had one child in the first place. And besides, you have a full-time job. And I didn't even mention the pandemic, which has changed the course of our lives. And you're correct. But one thing about being my age that's taught me, and I want you to know, is that whatever I want, I really want I usually get. Is that true of you? Somehow or another, I want to have lunch with a friend and I look at my calendar and I think there's no time for that, but somehow or another, I get it. I make it happen. And I want what I usually, I get what I usually want. So I'm going to say to you, uh, is wanting, is wanting on your list time and quiet with the Lord? If it is, I'm confident that you will make it work. And perhaps that quiet is nothing more than 10 minutes in the tub or locked in the bathroom where it is quiet. 
Maybe it's a trade-off with your husband. And you say to him, I'm going for 30 minutes in the backyard, and when I come back, you take 30 minutes in the backyard. Uh, Trade with a friend in your neighborhood. Um, Carve out a retreat time somewhere where you do a cessation of what you normally do. You stop. You stop picking up the phone. You stop hearing the text. You stop replying. You recognize that there is a God in the universe who will take care of everything, that there is nothing that you can't let go for a few minutes, a half a day. I meet with a young woman who has three small children, small children, 18 months, and two three-year-olds, pair of twins and uh, her children are engaged in a very wonderful community project and they'll be involved with it for three mornings a week first time in her life that she's been a mother that she doesn't have to be there 24 7 and she'll have a few hours a week and she was talking about all the things she thought she wanted to do in those few hours and we talked about wood retreating be a part of it and as she started to talk tears just rolled down her face she said I can't believe we're talking about this because it's what I'm hungering for and I was about to fill up my hours with other things that I've left undone so try hard especially if you're feeling called to get away if you're being called to come apart this was a hard discipline for me I really um, have a voice and a heart to encourage you. And I tell you, if you say to me, I can't do this, I will tell you, I am certain you can do this. Um, I've never been diagnosed, but I'm quite certain I have one of those disorders that makes me a flibbity gibbet. Remember my fifth grade teacher who tied me my chair and put tape on my mouth. And I remember saying, Lord, I want to learn how to sit still and be quiet and be with you. I literally took my timer. Five minutes, timer went off. I would move and wiggle. Next time, seven minutes, 10 minutes, 12 minutes. I have no time a trouble now spending being quiet with the Lord. I, I do think this sounds a little like if I'm quiet, I get a big, juicy reward. I have to tell you that it's absolutely true. When I am quiet with the Lord, I never in anything else I do anywhere feel the same intimacy as I do after a retreat with Him, whether that's one hour, a half a day, a whole day, five days, or eight days. God invites us, and one way or another, we respond. We either respond by saying yes and doing it, or respond by not doing it. I don't know if I'll have a tombstone when I'm gone, but if I do, I hope these two words are on it. Come and stay. And Jesus often uses the word come. He says to his disciples, come away to a deserted place and rest a while. Rest is different than a nap or a good night's sleep, although those are lovely. Seldom found with small infants, I understand that. But his rest is perfect and deep, and fulfilling and long-lasting. And I can tell you that 10 minutes quiet with the Lord is better than a two-hour nap. Retreat means silence and solitude, and those are spiritual disciplines. And we're going to talk a little bit about that during this coming season. 
after four years after I had begun taking a Sabbath rest, and for those of you who do not know much about my history, um, 20 plus years ago, after teaching a conference on the Ten Commandments, I felt God saying to me, you don't take a Sabbath, you should take a Sabbath. And then I had a kid and family and church activities on Sunday. What, what did a Sabbath look like? And so I began to take a Sabbath. There's a long story about how that all came to be. But four years after I began that, Ruth Haley Barton, who has written many things now, she wrote a book called Invitation to Solitude and Silence. Her opening quote in that book was by Blaise Pascal. Now, you know, I'm not a Blaise Pascal follower, but the quote is so perfect when it comes to solitude and silence. And the quote is, quote, All the unhappiness of men arise from one single fact, that they cannot stay quietly in their own room. I can still remember reading that thinking, all the unhappies of men? Boy, is he spot on. And it's because we don't know how to play with ourselves, to be quiet with ourselves, and certainly to be quiet with our Lord. It had been four years since I had started my Sabbath, and literally um, that quote and her invitation to solitude and silence changed what I was doing. Quiet, listening prayer, centering prayer, less talk or no talk prayer. My closet at the time had been crafted just for me. My husband and a remodel in our old home had made this absolute perfect space. I miss it. I miss it every day. It was quiet. It was dark. It was Nobody knew I was there. And if you did know I was there, there wasn't a big red sign that said no entrance, but nobody entered my quiet space. It was a still space that called me to stillness because I had practiced it there. So what do you do in this still space? Retreating, waiting, listening. And this summer, a part of my days away, I was able to attend an eight-day retreat of silence. And I am so grateful for that. I am so grateful for that. It was a life changer for me. So Welcome, welcome, welcome to a new season of Modern Homemakers. My summer was a summer of retreating, 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 retreating. Four hours for two mornings in a window seat in a friend's home in the east looking out into the woods. Two-thirds of a day, a surprise day, which was to be full and turned out to be empty in a beautiful hotel in Minneapolis. And three days, early a.m., 5 a.m., when visiting with friends in a small town in Wisconsin, and they're not getting up early anymore. And I was, and it was perfectly still and cool. The deck and the pier at a lake house that we attended, and a four-mile boardwalk that I was able to walk all by myself and be quiet out in the rustic areas of Idaho. God planned retreat after retreat after retreat. I'm not sure he planned it. He invited me, and I accepted it. So as we begin this new year with a theme of listening for love and learning, concentrating on Psalm 4610, I want to say to you, welcome to a new season of Modern Homemakers. We're so glad you joined us. Please send me a note where you listen from, and if you haven't subscribed, please do so. I'm Donna Otto. 
This is Modern Homemakers, and we're very glad you joined us. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of a small retreat.